Well, that sucked. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is JG Whispersell, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We greatly appreciate it. Appreciate you guys for also subscribing and liking, as well as commenting on our YouTube videos. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments. On today's show, we're going to be talking all things Utah versus UCLA. Heartbreaking 10-point loss that honestly was lucky to even be that close because of a garbage time pick six. And we're going to talk about that game in depth with friend of the show, Utah's Dante Gordy and Dante, this was just a really tough game for the Utes. And I think just start with our just general kind of reactions with, for this one. I just, it was one that just, Utah was in it for a while. And it was, I mean, even the fourth, you're still like, there's still a chance. There's still a chance. I guess Cam's fumble is like the final nail in the coffin. But even at that, it felt like even if Utah was able to score, didn't feel like they were going to be able to get a stop again. So just a really unfortunate loss in which your defense is exposed in a lot of ways. Offensively, you struggle in a couple of key moments as well, but just a really disappointing one because, I mean, even just talking with a couple of players on this team last week, they still mentioned that their goal was to go to the college football playoff. And why should it not be? Because in your minds, you're trying to go 1-0 and each week. And if you were able to go 1-0 and each week, you're a one-loss conference champion who hasn't lost a game since September 3rd, then you have a really good chance to do so. But that's not the case for this Utah team anymore. And now they're fighting an uphill battle just to get in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, 100%. You got that UCLA versus Oregon game in a couple weeks. That's one to keep your eye on. But really, only if we can pull off a win against the Trojans next week, because if we lose that one, Things are looking very, very bleak. Um, going back to that game that happened yesterday, the one that really stuck out to me, like the one play where I was just like, dang, Utah's just done, was uh, the Logan Loya 70-yard touchdown. When that happened, I was just kind of like, yeah, there's no way we're getting a stop. Like, even if Cam comes out and Dick takes a fantastic drive, the offense starts clicking and stuff like that, it just didn't. It just felt like it was completely out of reach because I had zero faith in the Utah defense to get a stop. Yeah, it definitely got to that point. And just, I do, I'm curious for you, because you were at the game, what was kind of the atmosphere like in terms, I'm also curious, what was the crowd ratio did you kind of feel like? Honestly, I was a little disappointed in, in the Utah showing. I thought there were going to be a lot more Utah fans. Mm-hmm. The flight there on Thursday night, um, I flew into Long Beach. So obviously, you got California. There's like three different airports in the area. So I only took that with a grain of salt, but there were not very many Utah fans as I would have expected. And at the game, there was a good showing, like always. I mean, the, the Utes travel well, but... I was expecting the ratio to be a lot heavier um, in favor of Utah than, than UCLA. But the Bruins, I mean, they it was a, it's UCLA, you know, so you can't really expect too much. I think they said the total attendance was around 42,000. Um, but, I mean, it was one of their better showings. But, I mean, it definitely didn't compare to Rice Cycles. For sure. And, look, that UCLA team, they deserve more support as well. So, hopefully, with some of these wins they've been able to string together, they're able to get a couple of those fans. But, obviously, hard to fill a venue like the Rose Bowl as well. So, those things go hand in hand. Uh, starting off with my first takeaway from this one, I, I just feel like we got to talk about Utah's defensive issues. The two biggest games of Utah's seasons up to this point um, have been the game versus Florida and the game versus UCLA. And in those two games, they've given up a combined 70 points, 29 to Florida, 42 yesterday. And it's just tough to see – 
this defense that, you know, for so long, it's what this, this, the identity of this team has been is they are really good running the football and then defensively they're really sound. And then you add the guy you think at quarterback in Cam Rising who's kind of going to unlock that next level of this offense. And I think that's why this team, along with the returning starters, was ranked, I believe, by some people four, a lot of people five. I think in the final eight people, they ended up at six, I want to say, the final preseason eight people, I should mention for this year. But yeah, it's just a group that's really struggled at a lot of things. I think the biggest thing I overlooked was some of those losses in the front seven. And I think the biggest one right away is obviously, I mean, Devin Lloyd, I almost feel like is a guy that I mean, we knew what the loss was going to be, but it was one of those things like, Oh, Karene is it has experience. You look at what Lander is one of the best recruits to ever come into Utah, but even as a recruit, it just takes time to grow into what that's going to be. Um, Diabate as well. I just thought the combination of those guys would be enough to not necessarily like, a, I didn't think Utah's linebacker core would be as strong as it was last year, but I thought it'd be very, still very strong. And it just hasn't been the case. You see those guys out there missing tackles in situations. A guy like Diabate is prone to overplaying plays and the amount of tackles he misses as well for what a great athlete he is, is disappointing. It's actually something we heard from Brandon Olson, host of Locked On Gators, that it was like, ah, he's had a year of improving some of those areas. And in some ways he has, some ways he hasn't, making that adjustment to an off-ball linebacker after being on-ball for so much of his career. And I'll talk about the defensive line as well. I just think a guy like Mika Tafua is someone that this team has really struggled to replace. Uh, Putu Tao, another guy at defensive tackle, where I think it was too much of an expect. I think we all expected Junior and Van to take such a massive leap. I think it was a little too much expectations on those guys as well. And I think that's the biggest thing when we're talking about this defense. And the secondary's had a, a couple issues in some of those bigger games. Not as many, but they've given up a couple big ones. You already mentioned a 70 yarder i mean that one's pretty big and part of the reason the secondary has been some weaknesses in those big games because the pass rush isn't getting home as well so the two things really go hand in hand but it's just really is disappointing to see this utah defense struggle against the best teams because that's what this utah team was supposed to be one of the best teams yeah i mean if you told me five or six years ago that utah would be putting up 500 yards in a game and losing by 10 points i, I would be i'd be on the ground like laughing because that yeah. would that would be the most obsolete thought in my mind i mean it's just unbelievable. What was it? UCLA had like 520 total yards, something like that. Obviously, you got a ton ton of chunk plays. Charbonnet, Logan, Loya. Uh, Ezekiel had that one down the seam yes. or down the sideline. That was just like – that was the one for me that I was really mad about because the entire play, he was wide open. Uh -huh. Like, you just see him, and I'm just like, dang, like that's going to be a 50-yard play, and it was. And then, I mean, DTR even missed some guys. There were guys running wide open down the seam three or four times, and DTR's not even looking their way, you know, uh -huh. so – in a way, Utah kind of got lucky that this wasn't a 600-yard performance from UCLA. So, I don't know, man. It's just we did kind of expect too much, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I kind of expected, like, obviously with the two linebackers leaving, when you got Nephi, Devin leaving, I mean, the secondary I thought would step up a lot. You know, Cole showed a lot of enticing flashes last year, and he, he still has this year. But in coverage yesterday, he wasn't very good. Um, RJ has been around the defense for three years now, maybe four years now, if I'm not mistaken. So, you feel like he would have – some sort of control over over the back end but in all, all in all seriousness like it was just a terrible showing yesterday and I think a lot of it has to do with UCLA's offensive coordinator or well Chip Kelly calls their plays so essentially him um because he did a fantastic job you know there were a lot of these like run plays where you got wide receivers picking off linebackers getting guys open seams like it was just a Chip Kelly masterclass. and for this young Utah defense it was just too much to overcome I said last week or yeah last week that the players on our defense would have to kind of play above their experience level and, I mean, they really just didn't, you know. Karene is not, mm -hmm. not the fastest guy out there. Got beat on the yeah. edge a couple times by DTR. And then you got Mo Diabate, who is fast enough, but he's just taking terrible angles and just completely yeah. whiffing on tackles. So, all around, it was just a, an abysmal showing. That's not Utah defense. I'm sure Kyle's not too happy about it. I'm sure nobody's happy about it. And mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. 
I mean, when you factor in a guy like in the front seven, how about Connor O'Toole, who's just getting acclimated to playing defensive end as well? Yeah. Guys like that, Jonah Ellis, Mickey Sugataraka, all these guys not a ton of experience. And Van, his only year of playing experience was last year, and now he's being treated as the top pass rusher on this team, and he's struggling in that role a little bit. That's up to Fu, at least had the 2020 season to kind of get used to a little bit in those five games, and then we saw him kind of grow after that. And obviously, the pressure Devin Lloyd brought was something that this team has not been able to replace at all. That was something we thought Diabate might be able to bring, but he really hasn't been a, a threat in that pass rush standpoint as well. But you mentioned it. I mean, just the games like you make – look, DTR is a really good quarterback, but just the amount of guys that were wide open, as you said, it just makes it a lot easier to make those plays. It's what allows them to go for 299 yards. Then the run defense, we're just getting blown off the ball from the line of scrimmage. UCLA dominating Utah in the trenches was not something we expected to really talk about, especially on this side of the ball. And, yes, Utah was able to still run the ball on the other side, but especially on some of those pass rush downs, disappointing to see Cam get pressured on so many of his dropbacks, but focusing on Utah's defense for the moment. Sharp Charbonnet going for 198 yards as well. I mean, there's just so many instances like that where it's terrible tackling, all these things that we're not, we thought were week one issues. But then once again, you play another really strong opponent and just fall apart. So just really disappointing by this Utah defense just to not be able to get it done in this one. And we're going to talk about some of the other things that this Utah team is struggling with in a second, but first, or just other takeaways from the game. But at the moment, I want to tell you guys about Simply Safe. Simply Safe, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to prep their homes. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own house. They use to, they protect me with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. I really love Simply Safe, guys. They do a great job coming out, setting everything up, super simple, and then you know they're always there and reliable with 24-7 personal monitoring system. Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Our monitoring experts use proportionately advanced response technology to visit to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com. Locked on. And then use promo code at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. One person who did not feel very safe in yesterday's game was Cam Rising. Cam was pressured on numerous dropbacks in this one. And that leads me into my second takeaway. There were some decisions made with this offensive line that I'm just at this point ready to say were a mistake. I do not think Satawa Laumea is a right tackle. I think he's a really good guard, and I think he should be back kicked inside playing guard. I would like to see either a Jaron Cub on the outside, or honestly, based on the reviews I've heard from a lot of people around the team, I would have loved to see Falcon Calmatule at a right tackle. Just give him a chance, because it is disappointing to see some of the struggles this team has had, and just a number of times where it's just these issues, like each week we talk about, it, like, oh, they made these like simple mistakes, but like that's okay, because like they'll watch the film and they'll correct it, and they keep popping up over and over and over again, Dante. Yeah, so what's Satawa Lomea? Last year, obviously, was a guard. Really nasty run blocker. Like, yes. I want to get out, get that out there. A very nasty run blocker. One of the best run blockers in the conference. But he did struggle in pass pro last season, which had me hesitant about him moving to right tackle. And then he started off the season a little bit shaky. Uh, didn't really have a couple good couple first weeks. And then all of a sudden, in the Arizona State game, in the Oregon State game, gives up zero pressure, zero sacks, like clean across the board had arguably his two best games as a Utah Ute um, to begin conference play this year. And then all of a sudden this game gives up eight pressures. Utah gave up 15 pressures. He was at fault for eight of them. So over half the times Cam Rising got pressured, it was his fault. 
Um, and then with that game, though, like that's how I that was one of my takeaways as well that I felt people weren't talking about enough. Like Cam is just so good escaping the pocket. Uh-huh. And even Kyle said it in the presser, like he said, we're lucky to have a guy like this because honestly, the offensive line isn't as good as they look on paper um, just because of how good Cam Rising is at escaping the pocket. And it kind of felt like a ticking time bomb where I was like, okay, he gets out of it this time. He gets out of it this time. It's like, eventually he's going to go down. Eventually he's going to go down. And that play is going to be what costs us. And it did happen a couple times. You know, we got behind the stick, second and 17, second and 15, stuff like that. That was just brutal to see. Um, so the offensive line definitely does need to need to pick it up. And this was against an opponent that had a, has a very good pass rushing corpse. Uh-huh. Like that's probably the best pass rushing corpse Utah will face um, in, in the Pac-12 at least. Agreed. So Sure, it was a tough matchup, but still, you know, 15 pressures is, is unacceptable, especially when eight of them are coming off on one player's shoulders. Exactly. Yeah, just something you can't have happen, and it continues to be an issue. And, you know, we talked about pass protection, but even the run blocking as well. This is still a group that's struggling to reach the second level. And, part, you know, I will say part of that's on the running backs. I do feel like there's a couple times these guys have missed holes. But to me, it's more on the offensive line because if the offensive line does its job, the holes should be obvious. And they're not a lot of times because they're struggling to create that – struggling to get up to the second level and pave those massive running lanes. It's just something, whether it's working their double teams together, miscommunications, one guy coming off too early on a stretch block let's say there's just a lot of different things that have compounded into these struggles for the Utes in the running game and the pass game as as the as as the old block as a unit I do want to give credit to Tavion though because I thought he looked very good for sure 100 you're actually gonna mention him later okay gotcha but yeah I thought Tavion did well um but as the game kind of went on UCLA was kind of pounding the box more doing more things to stop the run and it just overwhelmed Utah's offensive line and it just wasn't good at all and i feel like with them not being able to pass block mix with the run blocking thing like the pass blocking thing it just limits the offense so much because yeah sure cam's gonna get seven yards when he scampers out of the pocket and runs but it's like you want him to be going through his progressions you want him to be a passer first rather than having to tuck it and run every three snaps because you got liatu latu and the murphy brothers up in his grill every single snap you know Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And look, we could focus on the negatives all day with this game when you give up over 500 yards on offense, most of that coming primarily, or I believe almost all of it from DTR and Charbonnet as well in this one. But I do want to focus on a positive, and I do think it's Cam Rising and his legs. I think it's something that Utah needs to utilize even more than they're already doing. Cam in this game, phenomenal on the ground, 13 carries for 59 yards. Yes, he fumbled the ball late. More than anything, first of all, that game, as we already mentioned, was pretty much over anyways because it didn't feel like Utah was really going to get a stop anyways. And that was a phenomenal tackle by the Bruin as well, who was able to jar that loose. When you get you, you can do everything you want with ball security, but when you get a helmet on the ball flying at that speed that fast, it's just going to be tough to hold on. So I didn't wasn't really upset over that fumble. But this is the second week now. We saw him do it against Oregon State as well, where just Cam runs running more and more, and we see what makes him such a phenomenal runner. The other thing it allows is when he is the runner, is it allows Utah to have an extra guy basically is a lead blocker in there and it's something that's nice when you got a guy like cam who is big enough and tough enough that he can shake off some of those tackles runs hard in between the tackles of the offensive line as well and on the outside it does show a little bit of speed we saw a couple times especially on that one touchdown late in the red zone where he's able to escape scramble break a couple tackles get into the end zone i want to see cam running even more i think at least once every six plays, I feel like Cam should be running the ball. Some people say that's way too much for their quarterback, but look, this Utah team is trying to win. They're trying to be effective and make positive gains. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to have Cam rising run and get Logan Kendall and a couple of these other guys in their heavier sets as you still want to incorporate Tavion. As you mentioned, he did play really well yesterday, but I think this Utah team really has something in Cam's ability to run. Yeah, most definitely. Cam rising is just a certified dog, you know, 
hard to bring him down. He's got sneaky athleticism. Like you're saying, on a couple of those runs, he really showed how fast he could be. I don't know if I'd like to see him like running, like scrambling wise, but I do think, like you were saying, every six plays maybe a design run, something like that. But That's if he's going to drop back or pass, mm-hmm. like I don't want Cam Rising to be trying to just tuck it and run every single time. So I want him to go through his progressions 100%. because I thought his ball placement was very good on a, on a plethora of throws. You know, he had one to Dalton Kincaid that I thought was really nice. Makai Cope got involved as well. Like I mm-hmm. like Cam's ball placement was on point and overall just a fantastic game. And you got to feel bad for him, you know, because nobody else brought it. He was the main engine of the offense, the main engine of the team. Like when it looked like nobody else wanted to be out there, it was Cam Rising making play after play after play. And sure, the interception was bad. Sure, the fumble was bad. But if you're really going to use Cam Rising as one of the reasons why Utah lost this game, I mean, that's just an, an idiotic take and just, in all, all honesty, just kind of stupid. Yeah, you're just looking to tear him down. And I think you made a good good distinction as well from what I was trying to say. I should have specified quarter. I want quarterback designed runs. I do not want him yeah. having to scramble because the pocket keeps breaking down. We just talked about we need the offensive line fixed so that way we can have him have time in the pocket. And then when it's time for him to run, it's a designed run because he's capable of doing that. So good point by you, Dante, as well. And yeah, this was a tough loss for the youths, obviously, but still want to give away a couple game balls in a moment as well as talk a little bit about another fun game with this time the youths at home, but a team from California traveling out and it's one we've been waiting to talk about for a very long time but first do want to talk to you guys about bet online betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there guys major league baseball playoffs getting underway i believe we're only two weeks away from the nba getting going once again and of course college football and nfl tons of great games uh, across the country on the gridiron so make sure you guys head over to bet online get in on all that action or even mma boxing golf bet online has you covered if it's a sport you can bet on it at bet online so head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts so dante one thing i do most of the weeks is we give away some game balls for who played really well for this utah team and i think starting out is a guy that we mentioned Cam. I think he was really strong yesterday's game, just continued to show up and bring it, got those tough yards when Utah needed it most. Yes, had the early interception. That was not a great throw on that one. But outside of that, I really thought it was a really strong day for Cam, and I feel like he's got to get the first game ball in this one. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, he was resilient. That's the main thing with Cam. Extremely resilient. Like I felt like Utah's back was kind of pinned against the wall from the get-go as soon as UCLA hit the end zone twice. Just felt like Utah's back was against the wall. Cam battled back, was the engine of the team. After that interception, I believe he completed like his first six passes or something like that. Mm-hmm. He he just caught fire after that happened. You could tell it kind of got to him. And he was the only reason why Utah was remotely close in this game. So definitely game ball for Cam Rising. 100%. And look, all the game balls are going to be on offense on this one. I'm not going to highlight a defense that gave up over 500 yards on offense to the Bruins, but same with this Utah offense. I know one guy you already mentioned, Dante, was Tavion. He's another guy I think is worthy of a game ball. Yeah, definitely. Tavion Thomas came out just the first step looked back to where it was last year. You know, he kind of looked like he lost it a little bit early in the parts of the season this year. But yesterday kind of solidified that he still has it, you know, averaging over four yards after contact per carry. That's our bulldozer. That's Tavion Thomas for you. And I I firmly believe he's back. You know, I'm really looking forward to see how he plays this week against a a USC front seven that probably isn't as skilled as UCLA's. In my personal opinion, Mm -hmm. people are going to say whatever. But in my opinion, UCLA has a ton of uh, experience on their front end with the Murphy brothers, Law 2, and Darius Moussao, all these transfers who were performing at a high level last year at at other programs, but was kind of unsure if they would be able to keep that up in Power 5, and they have. So I think with USC, it's a little bit of an easier matchup for Tavion, and I'm expecting a huge day from him. 
Yeah, I think he's going to have another opportunity to have a huge day as well. And I really like that we're just going with him and Makai Bernard in the backfield at this point. I really like Jalen Glover. He is the future of the running back position at Utah. But at this moment, Utah's two best backs are Tavion Thomas and Makai Bernard. And I believe they should remain the two guys who get all the carries as well as, as I already talked about, more designed runs for Cam Rising. Last game ball I wanted to give away was to Makai Cope. You mentioned him. Great to see him emerge. Three catches for 36 yards. Just the kind of guy who makes plays. I really like when he's on the field. Kind of similar to how you highlighted Jalen Dixon here leading up to last week's Oregon State game. I was so excited to see him getting more involved in this offense, and I hope that's something we continue to see going forward because I really like what he brings to this team. Yeah, I thought his body language what really stood out. You know, he was commanding the ball, just chest pointed at the quarterback, just doing things to get open. And for a player as young as him, him being able to create the amount of separation he did and run these physical routes against, uh, granted, not the best UCLA secondary, but a in a game where you tied their backs against the wall. And it was really nice to see him making plays. And I also want to give a shout out to Devon Vele because something that really goes on, on overlooked at the college level is for wide, wide receivers, when they find a zone to not just sit there, they come back to the ball. And that's what Devon Vele embodies. And it's beautiful to see him run routes the way he does, because he's really blossomed into a fantastic receiver. And I mean, with those two being playing at the level, they are going forward, mixing Dalton Kincaid, Solomon Enos possibly yes. coming back, things like that. I mean, this Utah passing attack has a ton of potential. Yeah, Kincaid, another guy, made a couple big catches in this one. One of them as well is that DP got there a little early, gets slammed in the back and still able to hold on to it. There are not a lot of pass catchers in general who would be able to hold on to a ball like that. So all the credit in the world to him. And hopefully after the USC game next week, we're highlighting a couple of game balls for the defensive side of the ball, but not for this one. And speaking of that USC game, Dante, I mean, we're finally a week out from it. We have been talking about, look, the anticipation for the Florida game was huge just because it's a swamp going down there. But going into the season, everyone knew the big – everyone was saying the biggest game on the Pac-12 schedule was USC coming to Utah. doesn't feel like that as much anymore, at least at the moment. But it could be if the Utes are able to get a win here. And I think if USC – and again, in a way, if USC as well. If, they, if USC is able to get a win, I really think the story is going to be the changing of the guard in the Pac-12 and the – where Utah has been kind of at least one of the better teams year in and year out where they're, they've been winning the South. Obviously, division's not a thing anymore, but you guys know what I'm saying. Utah's kind of been the team that is always ranked. They're right up there to the top. And, and USC, if they can come in and rice Eccles and win, I feel like they're going to be the one teams are talking about. Yeah, I mean, the last time USC beat Utah and rice Eccles when there were fans there, 2020, season doesn't count. That game doesn't exactly. count. Last time they did was 2012. You know, you've had a – bunch of great moments you got Tim Patrick scoring that touchdown on a Dory Jackson Travis Wilson to Kalen Clay all these like fantastic Utah football moments that have happened in Rice Eccles against USC and Utah fans need to realize we're only a game back you know it's not like the mm -hmm. season's lost we're only sure. one game back and there's six more conference games to be played the Florida game doesn't count towards the conference college ball playoffs out of the picture now that we have two losses focus on the Pac-12 where we're only a game out and have a huge chance to pick up a huge win against USC who's one of the teams that hasn't lost the conference game yet and then the week after that you got UCLA versus Oregon. So somebody's going to lose there too. If Utah wins this game, wins the next game, USC is going to be have one loss. And one of those other teams is going to have one loss. You're, we're right back in it. You know, it's a, the Pac-12 playoff or championship race is back on essentially. And Utah's right there with everyone else. So Utah fans need to just kind of stop overreacting. Sure, the not being able to go to the college ball playoff does kind of stink. But this is still a huge game. And if Utah can pick up a win here, Pac-12 championships right back into play. You're right. Something that we need to keep in mind. I know for one, I've been a little bit doom and gloom as well, just losing out of the combination, yeah. not just losing out on the college football playoff, but I was someone who was really excited to potentially get game day. So it is a bummer. And But as we mentioned, I mean, it is a bummer just to see this Utah defense kind of look the way it did this past week and to see some of these offensive issues continue to 
pop up, but this is a Utah team that's still in a really good position, Dante, because you mentioned they're still the 20th ranked team in the country for a reason. People understand it's a really good football team, and look, they've been really good at home. They rarely lose at home. We know that. They're going to have an opportunity to get a win against a really good USC team as well, and it's going to be fun to see if they're able to do it, so we look forward to seeing this team regroup and get ready, and it's what we're going to be talking about all week on Locked On Utes is the Utes matchup versus USC. It's something that's going to be so exciting. It's finally here this week, and we can't wait to get after it this Saturday. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. We're host Spencer McLaughlin and other local experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of game reactions from a great week of Pac-12 action. How about the Sun Devils as well? Dante, another team in there making things interesting. So make sure you guys head over there to Locked On Pac-12 and check all that out. Dante, appreciate you always joining us. What kind of things do you have going on with you, Zone? Pac-12 quarterback power rankings, you can check out four reasons why Utah lost, as unfortunate as it is. Tough one to write, but it's up there as well. Um, got new things coming every week, obviously. Like I said, Pac-12 quarterback power rankings used in the NFL, and also three keys to victory every single week. Three things Utah must do in order to beat whoever they play. This one's going to be a good one, obviously, with the Trojans coming to town. So please check it out. It's going to be a great game, and if you guys want to get previews on or get updated on it, make sure you guys head over to Ute Zone and check out Dante's work. As I said in the open of this show, this past game, obviously a tough one for the Utes, but the season not over, as Dante mentioned. So appreciate all of you for joining us. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And that's it for today's Lockdown Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.